Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from here, Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. When Smith Wigglesworth was on a ship, there was a man who had trained all his life, as it were, to be a physician. He got to be eminent and was looked up to as one of the leading physicians, an Indian. He had been over to England to lecture and was going back on the ship on which Smith was traveling. When Smith Wigglesworth prayed for a Christian science lady who was dying and got healed, she saw the captain and told him what God had done. The captain arranged a place for Smith to have a meeting, and he had a fine chance to preach to all that were on the ship. The Indian doctor was there, and he was struck with what had happened. At the close of the meeting, people decided for Christ. Some people followed Mr. Wigglesworth into his stateroom, where God healed them. This Indian doctor came to him. I am done, he said. I have no spirit left. You must talk to me. For two hours they talked and God dealt with him. He stood before Mr. Wigglesworth. I will never have any more medicine, he said. God has saved me. That physician saw the power of God and recognized it. Smith Wigglesworth said, What is that? That is where God plans a life in a moment through one act. God wants the way into our lives. He wants to transform us by His grace. He wants to make you know that you are only here to be filled with His power and His presence for His glory. The seed of the woman must bruise the serpent's head. I have a great song here sung by Terry Brown. Who am I? Let it minister to you. When I think of how he came so
fight my battles until they're won. For who am I? Who am I that the king would bleed and die for? Who am I that he would pray? Not my will, thine Lord. The answer I across he'd go for who am I the last couple of weeks I have been talking about the actual death burial and resurrection of Jesus two weeks ago I talked about what went to the cross a man went to the cross we talked about Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane Last week, I talked about Jesus that was marred more than any man. And we're going to continue with that on today, but I want to show you why. These verses were read at the very beginning of this program, but I want to remind you of them. Let's turn to Romans 1.16. We're going to look at them again. Romans 1.16, this is Paul speaking. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Look at that again. For I am not ashamed. I'm not timid to use it. I'm not afraid to trust in it. I'm not afraid to make it part of me. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? Why is he not ashamed? Because it is, it is the power of God unto salvation. It is the power of God unto salvation. We, why do we serve God? Why do we serve God? I know we used to call it back when I was in, uh, in the charismatic church, hell insurance. We called it hell insurance. Yes, that's part of it. Absolutely. But why do we serve God? Because we want that power of God to work in our lives. We want God to be in our lives. You know what? He wants the same thing. Now, to get the power of God, to see the power of God, to see it work, to manifest in front of us. We have, it says it is in the gospel. So what is in the, what is the gospel? What exactly is the gospel? I was one of those little children that was in school. As a school teacher, I had them. They would always ask why, why, why? I wanted the exact answer. I didn't want a clouded gray answer. I wanted to know why. Well, what is the gospel? Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 15. It was said at the beginning of this program, the actual definition, the actual bona fide, I say, definition of the gospel. Verse 1, moreover, brethren, I, I declare unto you the gospel. This is Paul speaking. I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, and I'm preaching the gospel unto you which also you have received and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Verse 3, here's the, here is the definition. For I delivered unto you first of all, which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, 
according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. There is your definition of the gospel. Now, we are going to look at the death, burial, and resurrection of the gospel. That's what I'm doing. But I want to ask you to do something before we go back into it. I want you to put aside every movie that you've seen, every television show you watched, because you will find that with the Word of God, what you saw was a lie. And we are also, I want you to also to put away every book that you read, new and old, every magazine that you've looked at, every art gallery you went to that depicted the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus because it is a lie. We are only going to look at the Word of God because Jesus said himself, he said, Father, thy word is truth. What is the truth? The Word of God. Jesus also said the Word cannot be broken. So we are only going to look at the Word of God. Now you say to yourself, well, what difference does it make? What difference does it make? Do you know Jesus said in Mark, he said, the tradition of man makes the Word of God without effect. Do you want that Word to work for you? Do you want the power of God? Then we've got to believe the Word and nothing else. Now we can go. I want you to turn with me to Mark 15. Last week I talked about Jesus' body marred more than any man. Psalm 22 said, said, Jesus speaking, he said, every bone is out of joint. Isaiah 53 said he was without form. I gave you the story about the gentleman that came after me and God shoved him down into a hole. And when he came out, the shoulder up here was down at his waist. His shoulder was completely dislocated. It says in Psalm 22 that every bone of Jesus was completely dislocated. Now I want to ask you a question. All the movies that you've seen, you see that body stretched out like this on a cross. You see him looking up. Now, if your shoulder is not where it's supposed to be, and your elbow is not where it's supposed to be because it's dislocated, you can't do this. You can't do this. Jesus did not look like that movie you saw. Every bone was out of joint. So you had a form just hanging there. Just hanging there. And his legs were not where they were supposed to be. His hip, not in his hip joint. His knees, not in the knee joint. His ankles, not in the ankle joint. You say that can't be. Are you going to believe the word of God? Or are you going to believe something you've heard? Here is where you are going to have to make a decision. Is the word of God mean what it says? When Jesus said, thy word is truth, are you going to believe Jesus? Or are you going to believe what you feel? what you think, what some producer produced for you. You have got to make the decision that the word of God is the truth. And you know what you'll find when you make that decision? You have an anchor to stand on. You will have something to trust in just like Paul did. Now that body of Jesus was broken. Every bone out of joint. So what you saw was not what happened. Every bone of Jesus's was out of joint. Now, what happens during that? I want you to go to verse 22 in Mark 15. 
And they bring him unto the place Golgotha. This is Jesus, which is being interpreted the place of a skull. And they gave him to drink wine mingled with myrrh, but he received it not. Why didn't he receive it? Because the scripture said that he received vinegar, but it wasn't mixed with any gall, so he refused it. And it said, and when they crucified him, they parted his garment, casting lots upon them that every man should take. And it was the third hour, and they crucified him. The third hour, that's eight o'clock in the morning, our time. About eight o'clock in the morning, they crucified Jesus. Now, according to the scriptures, that's what 1 Corinthians 15 said. So according to the scriptures, I'm going to go over these real quick. According to the scriptures, they parted his garments. They cast lots for its coat. According to the scriptures, they pierced his hands and his feet. According to the scriptures, he died between two thieves, numbered with the transgressors. According to the scriptures, the soldiers, the people, the priests, all mocked him while he was on the cross. Come down off of there, Jesus. They all mocked him. That happened according to the scriptures. Jesus gave his mother to John, and he, gave his, and he gave John to his mother. He took care of his mother on the cross. Now, I want you to consider, all the while this stuff is happening, every bone's out of joint. Every bone is out of joint. You know, it says, if it says, if that word is true, his jaw's out of joint, and he's still talking. He is still talking. What I want you to see here, when I go forward, is the strength of the spirit in that man. It was a man crucified on the tree. You can't kill God. It was a man on the tree. But that man had the spirit of Jesus. That body had the spirit of Jesus in him. And you, that body, that spirit of Jesus, that is the spirit of the Messiah. That is the spirit that was with the Father forever. That spirit is in a body. And I want you to see how that spirit handled the cross. Every bone out of joint. You know, I have heard, read, where people were in so much pain that they literally pass out. They can't handle the pain. The body can't handle the pain. It passes out. Jesus never passed out. Jesus never lost his focus. Not once. He kept his wits about him. He knew what was going on the whole time. His body is being broken. He knew what was going on. He kept his focus. He knew what he had to accomplish. And I want you to remember that spirit is in you if you are born again. Now, let's go back. Mark 15, I want us to go down to verse 33. And when the sixth hour, this is about 11 o'clock in the morning, was come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. All right, those movies, those magazines, those books you read, did you know Jesus died in the dark? Jesus died in the dark. And I'm not talking city dark. Jesus died in the dark. Not, not twilight, not dawn, not, not dusk. He died in the dark. And it's 11 o'clock in the morning. He actually died around 2. He died in the dark. How come you didn't see that in a movie? How can you film something in the dark? That movie you saw is a lie. That book you've read is a lie. The word of God is truth. Now, it's dark. Let's go to the next verse, 34. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, 
Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is being interpreted, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? On the cross, every bone out of joint, heart like wax, can't see, if you look in Psalm 40, can't see. He had our sins on him. I want you to go to Habakkuk 1.13, and we'll see why Jesus said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Habakkuk 1.13, this is talking about the Father, Jehovah. Thou art of pure eyes than to behold evil, and canst not look on iniquity. At that moment on the cross, Jesus took our sin on his body and in his soul. You don't believe that? Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 5.21. I know I'm moving, but I want you to look at these with your eyes. 2 Corinthians 5.21. For he, the Father, has made him, Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin. Jesus became sin, became sin, became your sin, your sin, my sin in his soul. It says in Isaiah 53, he became a sin offering. His soul was a sin offering. He took your sin and my sin in his soul. You know what was hanging on that cross with every bone out of joint? A murderer was hanging on the cross. A child molester was hanging on the cross. An abortionist was hanging on the cross. A, um, a sexual pervert was hanging on the cross. A wife beater was hanging on the cross. A liar was hanging on the cross. A hypocrite was hanging on the cross. An unbeliever was hanging on the cross. That's what was hanging on the cross. That's what Jesus became. Became. That's what the man that never knew sin became, a sinner. Romans says that the wages of sin is death. Well, you look right now at the body of Jesus and you will see what sin does. He had every sin, so he had to die the worst death, marred more than any man. That's why he was marred more than any man, your sin and my sin on him, a man, a man. But the spirit of Jesus was in him. The spirit of Jesus was in that body that became sin. Why did he say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because the father, his father, Jehovah, turned his back on Jesus. Thank God. You know why? Because now the father won't turn his back on you. He can't. He can't. He turned his back on Jesus. He won't turn his back on you if you go to him because of that. Now, let's go to the next one. I want us to go to John 19. I'm going to begin in verse 28. After this, remember, Jesus is still focused. After this, Jesus, knowing, knowing that all things are now accomplished. I love this. Knowing. The man hanging on the cross, knowing all things were accomplished. The father's not with him at this point. He is on his own. Do you see that? Right now, Jesus is on his own. That spirit is on his own. He's got the Holy Spirit with him. 
that the father has turned his back. He is on his own. And look what he does. He said, now this, Jesus knowing all things are now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. He has one more thing he's got to do. One more thing he's got to do. He said, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled the sponge with vinegar, and they put it on high sop, and they put it to his mouth. Jesus knew he couldn't take the vinegar with the gall, but this one was just vinegar. Now he can take it. He takes it. Why did he take it? Because he had to do everything that was in the scriptures. And he had the wherewithal to know he had to do it. So he takes the vinegar. And now look at verse 30. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. It is finished. Remember, right now he's on his own. It is finished. Everything he knew that needed done for you and I on the cross, he did. Turn with me real quick to Isaiah 53. I'm going to begin in verse 4. Surely thou hast borne our griefs. This is Jesus. Thou hast borne our sickness. Done. It's on his body at this point. He said, and carried our pain. Done. It's on his body at this point. And yet we esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Five. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Done. It's on his body right now. He said, and he was bruised for our iniquities. Done. It's on his body right now. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. That is all done. And what does Jesus say? It's finished. It's finished. It is finished. Now that he's finished, what does he say? And he bowed his head. And he gave up the ghost. Gave up the ghost. I want you to look at that with your eyes. He bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. Now, turn with me to John 10. I'm going to finish here. I'm going to read verse 17. Therefore does my father love me because I laid down my life that I might take it again. Verse 18. No man taketh it from me. No man taketh it from me. He said, I have, I, um, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. No man taketh it from me. They couldn't kill him. They couldn't kill him. Every bone is out of joint. He is nailed to a tree. He has been beaten. He has been, his hairs of his beard plucked out. He has his heart melted like wax. At this point, he can't see. They can't kill him. They couldn't kill him. He laid down his life. And he didn't lay it down until he was finished with everything he had to do. That is the spirit of Jesus. They could not kill him. They could not kill him. He laid down his life. And that spirit is in you. It's in me. You know what? They can't kill you. The devil can't kill you unless you let him. The devil can't move you unless you let him. Why? 
because the spirit of Jesus is in you. And he, they couldn't kill him. He had that commandment from the Father. And he has a commandment to do the same thing with you. To raise you up. The devil can't move you because of the spirit in Jesus if you believe. Now, if you are not born again, Jesus said, you must be. You must be born again. How are you born again? Those that call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. We have a song here going to be done by the Water of Life boys. As they sing, if you are not born again, give your life to Jesus. Call on that name and be born again. Get the spirit in you that nobody, nobody, and no devil can kill. joining Kathy Davidson and the Ministers of Music from Water of Life Church. She'd love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. 
Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.